Hello, welcome to 15 Minutes in Fatherhood. I'm Dean with Matt and hey. my wife Katie. Hello. We're both here. We're all here. We're all here. Except Danny's not here. She's working. She skipped church because she works a 15-hour shift today at the hospital. She's a beast. I couldn't do that. I, I couldn't right do now. that either. Uh-uh. Yeah, she puts me to shame. But Matt and I probably shouldn't be here either because we were up all night stupidly <laughs> talking about everything, yes. nothing. Oh, but here we are. It's morning. We just came from church, and we're here to talk to Katie so she can set the record straight. Right. <laughs> Katie is here to correct all of our errors and set all of our, our wrongs right. We were thinking we've kind of been like two dads off in our own little world, talking about imaginary ideas about being a dad, because we're not even a dad yet. We're two dads. We're two dads. It's plural. <laughs> yes. But... Now we have Katie here, who actually has Paisley growing inside of her, yes. and she knows way more about everything, so she can... I don't know if I know more, or if I'm just experiencing things differently. Well, I mean, you told me something I didn't know <laughs> today. I did? Yeah. What's Christmas Day? Oh, Christmas Day is the first day of our third trimester. Yeah. So Christmas Day, we hit the home stretch. And us, so. me and Danny too, right? Yep. We're all together in this, and it all commences on Christmas, the Christmas. the stretch run home. The um, home stretch? The home stretch, yeah. I guess it's That's probably whatever. a better way to say it. <laughs> the home stretch, Christmas Day, yes. But you took issue with a couple things that I said over the course of the last, um, most of our podcasasts, I think. Maybe not issue, well, but... Most of... What did he just say? No errors that needed to be corrected. <laughs> no, I, I just mean, I think I've said one, at least one wrong thing every podcast. Really? One, at least one or I podcast? I think there's like four or five things. I mean, yes. like... Do you do you remember them all or just a couple? No, if they were really important, I, I commented on it so people could read and know the real truth. <laughs> Can you but, give me an example? Like what? What's like one of the very first podcasts you did? Dean mentioned that we had to do in vitro fertilization, okay. which we did not do. We did an IUI. What's the difference? An IUI is where I'm artificially inseminated, like with a baster. Ba- well. Yes, in a way. <laughs> I guess I should have said that. <laughs> Sorry. Like, the <laughs> professional medical version of a baster. <laughs> okay. And in vitro is where they have to take the eggs out of me, That's and a... fertilize them separately, and then put them back in. It's a much more invasive oh, procedure. Oh, okay. That's a test tube baby, right, basically? That's what in, they call in it? In a way, or That's yeah. what they used to call it. Well, okay, so what you did was a step less... Than in vitro. In... Right. Okay. This is actually our last shot before we would have to switch to in vitro so we got pretty lucky that it worked so is there like a huge financial jump from the one to the other oh yeah yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. okay that yeah. makes sense and and also risks and stuff like that like it's a it's a way mm-hmm. more what kind of risks thing. like you can have a hundred kids in one litter or something oh, pretty yeah. much yeah. yeah i mean yeah. they were worried about that with this too but they actually implant multiple fertilized embryos in you at that point and, and to and see if they take hope that they take yeah you're talking about the in vitro, in vitro. Yeah. not what you did right yeah. but what you did you could have had more than could just it, it was like a twins were more likely right twins were more likely okay. which they were concerned about because of my health history and things like that so okay. so well, dean basically on the podcast made it sound like maybe you guys had done the test tube thing yes right okay <laughs> jeez yeah, man which, which could have made us <laughs> octo mom and dad wow right. that would have been wild that another been thing that she said that i this is this is a error by omission is I talked about the marker for downs and I never yes. updated. Yes. Oh, you never did. I never did. That's right. I was going to mention that too. So we had additional testing and additional ultrasounds 
and everything came back fine. So she is perfectly healthy and there's no echo echogenic bowel. Thank you, echogenic bowel. What does that mean? Um, that was the marker that they found. Echogenic there was like bowel. Echogenic bowel, which basically there was like a big white spot on her bowel in the first ultrasound that we had, which is an indicator for Downs. Okay. It's one soft indicator. It's one soft indicator. But it was concerning enough that we needed extra testing done. So they took my blood and checked all the number of chromosomes in there. And we did an under, another ultrasound and everything came back fine. So she's perfectly healthy. So Paisley so. is doing well? Yes. <laughs> um, tell us more about how she's doing, how it feels. Like, do you, do you, do you feel like you're interacting with her yet like sometimes the other day i found a little bump i don't know if it was her hand or her foot or what but i squeezed it and she didn't like it (laughs) (laughs) what did she do she just started kicking me and um do you feel the kicks all the time pretty much i feel like the only time she's ever really still is when i'm driving but i feel her at work and i feel her when i'm trying to sleep is it uncomfortable danny gets uncomfortable if she if she keeps going for a really long time i start to get uncomfortable if it's like a little kick here or there, I like I it's like the reminder. Sweet. It's kind of sweet, yeah. yeah. But there are other times where she's like violent, like when you squeeze her arm. Like when I squeeze her arm, and then there's two big spots. One's her head and one's her butt, and I don't know which is which, so I just pat both of them. You never know. <laughs> Those are two things that you pat on a baby. Right? This is true. This is true. <laughs> Hopefully, you'll be able to tell the difference. Right. right. So what else, Katie? What else have um, I gotten wrong? Not so much that you've gotten wrong, but going off of last week's podcast of reasons why we want to raise our daughter in church, I think my answer for that question would have been a little different than what you said. Yeah, I don't think I represented your I don't think you well. actually even really answered the question. You just talked about it. But Fair enough. I feel like that's totally true about last week's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I edit a podcast, I'm like, oh, I didn't engage that question at all. I just kind of talked around it okay so take us take us to what we missed and what or what would represent how you feel about the subject for me i didn't really start attending church regularly until i was a teenager so my childhood i grew up without that sense of community without that and the word that's coming to mind is security and And you felt that as a loss i felt i felt like i missed out on a lot so for me, I, it's important that our child has that experience and, you know, not necessarily to teach her that this is definitely right and this is how you have to live your life and or else you're a horrible, rotten person, but to say, give her the opportunity to make her own choices and give her that sense of community and that sense of security, a safe place so that she can go to. You had good and bad experiences at church because... That's what going to church is, yeah. good and bad experiences. But maybe talk a little bit about what was the thing, what were the things that you found that were really valuable about church that would make you want to go back? When I was a teenager, around like 16 through 18 or so, my church community was really, really valuable and really important to me. And I think just knowing myself and knowing where I was in life at those ages, if I didn't have that sense of security and that sense of community and those people that I could rely on and those people I could trust, I would probably be a lot worse off. I would have gotten in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that the church misses a lot. To, a lot of churches miss today. You gather for worship on Sunday and then that's where you see people at church. You just see right. them at church on Sunday and there's no real community. Right. Mm. I mean, my best friends didn't were actually homeschooled, but went to my church and they're the ones that I wanted to spend my spare time with. They're the ones that I 
had stronger relationships with. And I want to give our child the opportunity to develop those kind of relationships and those kind of friendships. And I mean, I understand that you can find friendships wherever, but just going off my personal experiences of having them from the church, from, and I keep saying safe place. Like I felt like, you know, our, I went to youth group every, every Friday night and I feel like Friday night, I could have been doing a lot worse (laughs) somewhere else. Mm. So I had that place to go to that was safe and I had fun and I got to see people I cared about that I knew cared about me. And, um, I want to give that to our child. Yeah. So it has a little bit less to do with like theology or Mm -hmm. belief even then has to do with community? Yeah, I think... Or is the the sense of safety a result of belief? I think it's a little bit of both. I think I think we tend to overcomplicate things when it comes to church and communion and community and religion and all that, um, especially when it comes to children, because they don't know. They don't understand all the theology and reasoning and... Why this denomination hates that denomination. Right. <laughs> and there's more of a simplicity... There is. There's more of a simplicity, and I kind of missed that in my own life. I also care to know the reason why behind a lot of things, so it's a little yeah, me you know, too. hypocritical of myself to say that I miss simplicity when I also demand to know why. But I think that uh, community is the most primal or primitive in a good way, like mm-hmm. most basic form of theology, to just go on love and care about people like extending your family outside of your actual genetic family into the human family and carving out a a family or a community of people that you care about you know you don't have to agree with them you don't have to like them necessarily i mean i don't know maybe you kind of do but right you see what i'm saying i do i like stemming off that actually that's what i got out of my church experience as a teenager my youth group leader sean and his wife vic they were my youth group leaders growing up they are my family sean walked me down the aisle when we got married Mm -hmm. they are like my mother and father and their son is my brother and that's Hmm. they are family to me so that's what i got out of that and i want to give my daughter that opportunity i think that's beautiful and i think that my hunch is that something about what people decide to believe engenders that ability for love or that ability for Mm -hmm. community you know what i mean i think there's something i get what you're saying i think there's something special about churches where they have sort of a family-minded thing that you wouldn't get in like a club or something like that like right right right, like if it's about a sport if you join a country club those people aren't your family they're your social circle right right and churches certainly can totally have a have super that. country clubby dynamic, which is just awful mm-hmm. and shitty. But but in its ideal form, it's like pursuing love, loving people, going towards these ideals, helping the poor, lots of good things, right? Right. Yeah. I want my child to grow up with that mindset of this is how we treat people. It's so. funny to hear us talk about this, because like six months ago... I don't think we would have sounded like this at all in our conversations about church. I don't. Yeah. I don't I think I have. would have. Yeah. Might you have? Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Well, Maybe. I mean, even when we got married, you had a more definitive attitude about I want Paisley to be a church kid a little bit. Like I want, yeah. I want our daughter to be able to to have the opportunity to go to church as a child. That's true. Yeah. I did. I don't know if that changed for you over time. Maybe I think it did a little bit. I started questioning a lot of things spiritually. Well, you were having so. a really rough time when we couldn't get pregnant. Yeah. I was really angry at God. I was really angry at the church. You the church, yeah. Responses from people, really fun platitudes like "just let go and let God." Yeah, that <laughs> attitude really 
pissed me off, to be <laughs> frank. I had people walk up to me and say, well, if you forgive your mother, then you'll be able to get pregnant. And I really? was like, that had nothing, that has absolutely not, or I'm just not ovulating. My body is not producing eggs. That's really what the problem is. I felt like people weren't very sensitive to that and um, to, to my hurt and to where I was really frustrated. Like I, my whole life, I've, I've known that I was made to be a mother. And um, when that wasn't happening as easily as I had expected, um, it was really hard for me. And I know people were trying to be nice, but the things they were saying, I don't think they thought about. Yeah, I mean, nobody, well, obviously nobody they, came they up and said it. to you with, with a, a bad intention. Like, You're right. Hey, Everyone's God intentions were good. Yeah. 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 Everyone's intentions were good, and they meant well. But their execution was not always perfect. Poor, yeah. Sure. So, but you also had some pretty good experiences too. Like when my sister really thanked you for helping yeah. with the shower in the midst of our um, probably at, at the lowest point actually with our infertility, um, we found out Dean's sister was pregnant. So that was really hard for me at first. But she was still giving me a niece. She's still making me an aunt. She's still family. So I wanted to, to be there and support her as much as I could. So that was difficult for me. So that was like a little someone. bit of a, a love sacrifice. Like it was an emotional experience to pull that all together. And Yeah. Okay. She was yeah. Yeah. She was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, Dean. I, yeah. I was, I I was really this. nervous the weeks leading up to, to the trip down. But I was really busy that weekend, just so I wouldn't have to think about anything. So I did a lot. It was really productive. And, um, and mean, we pulled through. Well, not that you just pulled through. Like, I, I felt like what what she said to you was pretty good. Like that was that was not an empty platitude. That was a like real. it meant no, a lot. That's or true. Something. She yeah. she did. She thanked me and um, you know explained that she realized that this must be very difficult for me and that was a really good thing to hear. That was pretty special from her. Yeah, I, I so. thought for me that was like that almost made some of the like the shitty platitudes that we got almost worth it. Like yeah yeah, yeah. there was something that really like. She connected with the the pain that you were going through, right? And yeah, came, exactly. Came to where you guys were, right? That's that always means the world. How are you feeling physically now? I know the pregnancy's been hard. Yeah, I was having some really good weeks up until this one. Yeah. Um, as soon then... as Paisley became the size of a butternut squash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the past couple of days. I don't know if it's just. We had a holiday luncheon at work. With that comes lots of food and lots of very rich food. And then on top of that, we had a cookie contest thing where there was, I think, like 20 some odd varieties of cookies. And we had to taste them all so we can vote on who was the best. And that's a lot of sugar. And And who was the best? Not me. I was the second best. That's amazing, though. But <laughs> thank you. <laughs> second 20, place out of twenty some odd. Cookies. Yeah. Yes. Paisley's gonna be eating well. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. That's good. Paisley's gonna be cooking. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe she'll be the first placer. <laughs> Mom and Dad are second. Paisley. Paisley is world class chef. Yes. But I would like to say that this has been fifteen minutes in fatherhood, and it's been a good time. We have still gotten zero uh, replies for your Christmas survival stories. Yeah, we're going to pass right over Christmas. It'll be the day before Christmas when this comes out, probably. Maybe this year will be your survival year, and you have a story, and then you should submit it. Yes. This this release is on Christmas Day, I think. No, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Eve. So, if you get this in, if you listen to this on Christmas Eve, and you get it in, we will somehow... What are are we specifically asking for? Christmas survival stories. They're going to write something? They can email it to us. They can email a we'll story it. in which they say... They forget say, about what you talked about. Yeah, kind of. I did forget. <laughs> they say, what did they survive? 
Uh, the holiday stress. Holiday stresses. Uh, holiday stresses. This is from two episodes ago when we had our holiday stressful. When okay. you were talking about a Christmas Carol. Okay. Yes. So if you submit your holiday survival story, yes, and it is good, or you're the only one who does it, <laughs> I will buy you a copy of a Christmas Carol and send it to you. Oh wow, that's that's cool. Yeah, that's a big deal. I'm hoping that we get somebody to take us up on that. At least one person. So it, well, they're going to send it to matt at fathermoves.com. That's the email address, and it'll drop into our collective mailbox. And we will read it. Yes. And if we laugh or cry or something. We have any reaction whatsoever. Yes. Then we'll, then <laughs> Dean is going to take it upon himself to get your address and mail you a book by Charles Dickens. Yes. Which I'm reading right now, and it's great. What page are you on? Six. Awesome. <laughs> what if I write a story? Are you going to buy us another copy? Because we already have like four. Can I get a different book? No. You can't submit. No. You're not allowed. Why? She can. Anybody can submit. <laughs> submit. I'll buy you a book. I'll buy you a different book. All right. All right. Katie submits one and we end up reading it. Matt will buy Katie a book. <laughs> <All> right. Yes. <laughs> okay. This is... <laughs> At least we have an audience of one. <laughs> we'll take it. All right. So once again, this has been 15 Minutes on Fatherhood. We've been here with Katie. Hello. And me. Goodbye. Or goodbye. Sorry. And have a wonderful Christmas Eve.